Hey guys, I'm JC. And I'm Seven. And you're listening to the CGC Podcast, where we cover our favorite comics, games, and cinema. So strap in and get your nerd on. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, bud? Long time. It's been a been a while. Did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy your intro? Oh, was that all I got? I know you guys out there in the audience did. All two of you. Both of them. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, before we get into things, give us a uh, give us a recap of last episode. So um, I did want to kind of start this episode with a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, I, I know that uh, I might have stepped on some toes in the last episode with the themes of you know domestic abuse, and I just want anybody out there that, uh, that was maybe concerned that um, I was maybe like making light of a situation that didn't need to be made light of that. Uh, I, it's kind of how I cope with tense or hard subjects is I, I make jokes about it. So um, I just want to apologize in advance to everybody out there that was a little offended about that. But uh, but, but yes, our topic this episode is uh, Whiplash. It stars Miles Teller, uh, J.K. Simmons, Melissa Benoist. Uh, there's a couple other big names in there. Uh, the music was by uh, Justin Hurwitz. Uh, it was based on an older film, well, not older. It's you know, a couple of years old. It was like a Sundance indie film, and they got remastered. Uh, written and directed by uh, Damien Chazelle. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. actually, let me wait. No, let me. Yeah, Damien Chazelle. Okay, just make sure I had that right. Uh, but before we go into that, there's a couple of other uh, things that have happened this week and today that I want to cover. Uh, first off. Uh, Black Widow drops today, or at least the day we're recording it, or tonight at midnight. Right, so, right, uh, right, right. If you're uh, if you're a nerd like me, go go watch, go support uh, Main Bay Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, um, yeah. If you're willing to uh, pay Disney on top of your Disney Plus subscription to also see the movie in your house instead of to go to a theater, feel free. Uh, I'm going to see know. a theater. I'm this going to the a first, theater. Yeah, it's the first Marvel movie I'd seen in the theater since Far From Home. Yeah. So, no, I just I wanted to throw that in because money grubbing Disney overlords are like, yes, you pay for your subscription and then you give us more for the movies. <laughs> also, if you are a, uh, you know, if you just got money to throw around on Disney Plus, we've got a Patreon coming soon. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, feel free, to feel free to you know support support us if you want. You know, if not, you know, just keep listening for free. That's kind of how this all started. If we make a buck, great. If not, you know, we, we've got jobs. Uh, yeah. I mean, this would be awesome to be my only job, but, yeah. you know. No, exactly. No, it'd be Wishful so thinking. cool. Wishful yeah. thinking. We'll see. Maybe one day. But uh, also, anything uh, else? Yeah. Uh, Sony had their state of play for PlayStation today. And wouldn't you believe it? It was all trash again. <laughs> all what bad is, games. <laughs> what is the, what is the PlayStation state of play? Because I have Xbox and I haven't turned on. I don't. I sold my PlayStation. Okay, it's pretty much like Sony's own little EA conference or E three E three. Sorry, E three. Um, and their biggest ticket item today was a director's cut of Death Stranding. <laughs> okay. And apparently they've 
revamped a lot of it. They've added some story stuff. They've added more like mobility, a bunch of extra things you can do in the game. Because from what I understood, I dared not spend money on the game. But from <laughs> what I heard, it was just walking simulator or like yeah. FedEx man. So. Hell yeah. I okay. I will say that I do see the value in that game as a chill experience. Like if you're just like it's 3 a.m. and you just want to like chill out and do some really like relax and shit, then yeah, take a take a walk across PlayStation's virtualized like what was it Iceland? I have no idea. I, I think when I when I learned about Death Stranding, it was like oh yeah, we went to Iceland, took a bunch of like um, reference pictures, and basically like formed the game to be kind of like if if it was set in in iceland even though technically the game is set in america it's like iceland um like serene stuff so like i see the value in that but at the same time like i'm not paying a full 67 dollars for like you know (laughs) if you want to if you want a good chill game to play like that there's like there's so much already out there like the big ones I can think of off the bat are like you know Minecraft, like uh, the new Animal Crossing. Like I played the dog shit out of that Animal Crossing <laughs> game over quarantine. Yeah. Like I was locked up with Corona and I was just, oh man, I was planting flowers, I was picking hey. crops, I was go, knocking bro. some fruit out some trees. Yeah. Um, and then like Stardew Valley, like that's that's a game that looks like a Farmville type adventure type deal. But the yeah. depth of it is actually kind of insane. There's a yeah, lot man. you can do. Man, if you if you cop in Animal Crossing, you gotta cop Doom Eternal. It's very cathartic. Very relaxing. I, I have stuff. Doom Eternal. I got it on the summer Steam sale. It's actually a lot of fun. You just You bet you did. Shoot shit and beat ass. It's awesome. <laughs> Super good. It's what relaxes me. <laughs> um, and then what else? Oh, the uh, trailer for Marvel's new TV show after Loki, What If, dropped today. And it's, dude, it's jam-packed. I'm, I'm actually it's, really uh, excited for that because I saw one preview, like like one little trailer thing that kind of implied Marvel Zombies, which is one of my favorite runs from Marvel. Yeah, they've got, um, see, they've got like Marvel Zombies. They've got like, um, like the, the trailer was just kind of, you know, it, it teased a lot of things. But it was like, what if um, Black Panther was Star-Lord? And it turns out that this is actually um, the last the last uh, like kind of production thing that Chadwick Boseman did for Marvel before he passed. Oh, seriously? I didn't know they yeah. had gotten him in it's, anything else. It's, it's his voice, dude. I'm, I'm so excited. That was that was a tragedy. Yeah. Rest like, in peace, Chadwick Boseman. If if Faith. Faith was here. She could tell you, dude. I, I remember I was sitting in the fraternity house, um, and we it was either a Thursday or a Saturday because I was not sober. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. I remember seeing it on in the group chat and on Twitter, and, dude, I, I broke down. Oh, wow. Like, I started crying. Oh. Um, but it was like, that's a tragedy, and I'm just – I'm very excited to see him reprise that role one more time. Well, his um, last time, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the show covers, like, what if Peggy Carter was chosen to get the super uh, serum instead of Steve Rogers? Mm. Like, what yeah. if Yondu kidnapped T'Challa instead of Quill? Um, mm. uh, what if, uh, God, there was another one. Uh, what if, like, because there, there's a, on the poster, there's a picture of, like, I mean, let me pull up the posters so I can reference everything. Yeah. Uh, but there's, 
there's a picture of Spider-Man wearing Doctor Strange's cape. Yeah. I think that's an actual story. Um, there's I want to say Gamora. a lot of these have actual comics based around there's, Yeah, there's Gamora in Thanos' armor. Mm. There's, like, zombie Captain America and Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. There's um, Vision in, like, this Ultron-looking suit that has, like, all of the Infinity Stones on his chest. Um, like, dude, it, it's it's going to take this multiverse thing to the next level, and all of it's, like, narrated by, what is it, The Watcher? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, which, I mean, it makes sense, because The Watcher is the entity that watches all of the Marvel Universe, so he would have front row yeah. seats to, like, all of these what-if universes. Um, and then it's, like, uh, Steve Rogers as Iron Man. Um, yeah, Gamora as the Mad Titan. Um, there was brief snippets of like pretty much every major Marvel character. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's going to be good, man. I'm, I'm very, very excited. And, uh, since we're on the subject, um, the new, the, the last, I'm sorry, the last Loki episode drops, uh, this upcoming week. Nice. We yeah. should, uh, we should review some of that at some point, but I'm uh, I've, definitely down. I've avoided the entire series because I want to watch it all at one go because I know how I am. If I get to a cliffhanger in an episode and then I have to wait a week, I'm pissed. Like I'm mad. So I have managed to avoid all spoilers and everything low key up until uh, hopefully I'll avoid all of it until next week or whenever you said that the last episode drops and then me and my fiance Savannah will probably sit and binge the whole thing. I used to catch it like I, I thought it used to drop at a uh, like midnight on Wednesdays, but mm. I was up at midnight this past week and it wasn't dropped. And I I think I waited till three three a.m. and then it finally dropped. Oh, that's um, crazy. So I was I was avidly waiting to watch it. Like it's getting <laughs> really good. Yeah. Um. We won't. We'll we'll cover more. Um. In one of the upcoming episodes, just because I really want to talk about it, but I don't want to spoil anything for you or anyone else that might be listening. You're right. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, that pretty much covers. Oh, also, um, Noah, if you're listening, if you spoil Black Widow for me before I see it, I'm gonna drive up to Carrollton and knock your teeth out. All right. (laughs) Jesus. All right. Love you, buddy. See you soon. <laughs> I'll see you no, soon. Dude, he, when I have to drive which, up to Carrollton and beat the brakes off I wasn't, your ass. I wasn't even like I don't think I was in the fraternity at this point, but apparently he spoiled Endgame for like I think the whole chapter. Oh my god, I'd kill him. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I would go to prison. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking sucks. Um but I mean, hey, I'm I'm super glad that a lot of the news for this week is Marvel stuff because Funny enough, even though I'm a huge Batman fanboy and love DC more than I love Marvel, um, DC puts out trash movies. I will I will stand by that statement until the day I die. DC, as of right now, uh, fucking July 8th of 2021, uh, DC makes trash movies, and I don't care anything about them. I've watched the first Wonder Woman. It was good. Um, I've heard Aquaman's good. I didn't even want to try it because I don't give two shits about that character. I liked um, uh, I liked Green Lantern. They shut up. Nobody liked Green Lantern. Come <laughs> on. Um, I'm extremely excited for the Robert Pattinson Batman coming out um, later this year. Oh, um, dude, don't don't get shawl started on that. 
Oh, he's man. Gonna, he's going to hear that and cream his khakis, dude. I'm literally so excited because I've he's I've watched one trailer. Um, Batman had one line. They were like, what are you? And he's like, I'm vengeance. And I was like, yes, yes, you are, Batman. I'm into well, it. Since we're on the subject of that, something that which, you know, whenever it first got released, I'm like, oh, my God, this Batman's going to start twinkling. I'm I, I hate it. Yeah. And uh, but like after watching the trailer, like what really like hooked me and like secured it for me was go back and watch any Batman movie live action ever and watch how clunky and bulky the suits make his movement. Mm-hmm. But like, dude, he's beating the brakes off this guy in the trailer. Yeah, and he's, he, got, it's, it's he's got fluid. really good mobility. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fluid. Um, it's it, it's really cool. I think it's gonna be great. Uh, so, the trailer makes it seem more of like a, like like a mystery thriller instead of like your classic you know superhero. Correct. Deal. Yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why I'm excited about it. Um, my my main thing about it, right, is, um, yes, my big issue is Robert Pattinson's physique isn't quite there. He's a he's a thinner guy. He's smaller framed. His stature isn't quite as large as a Batman character that you would be looking for. But I kind of forgive that because they put this in the early years of Batman, meaning he's just getting started. This is more like a detective's comic as he's, opposed to like, yeah. you know, he is his mainstay, like, you he's know, still like 20 a plus years. Yeah. So, and his gear, you can tell from looking at him, his gear is very tactical, very strategic. He's not going for shock and awe. He's going for, um, usability and, um, practicality so i kind of forgive the the stature thing um my main issue now is his look as bruce wayne he looks kind of deranged in my opinion his hair's kind of long um i I don't know i don't i don't know how i feel about the his bruce wayne alter ego yet but i'll i'll just have to check it out when the movie actually drops um so far i am super super excited for an early years uh detective batman movie where he's You know, he's he's not dealing with the super personalities yet. He's he's more so just beating the brakes off of criminals in back alleys. Yeah. Let's okay. get into Whiplash. 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 All right, so um, I may have said it uh, last episode, but this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, since middle school, I, you know, I was in the band in middle school, played saxophone all throughout high school. Um, jazz, jazz band was a big part of my high school experience. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is like the movie for anybody that has, wants to be, or is aspiring to be, or is a musician. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's dark, it's gritty, it's got like plenty of music. It's, it's the right mixture of like... A great flick and something that just keeps you on the edge of your seat. Because right. like, and, sorry, I, w- I was gonna say, um, just to give a little bit of background on on myself as well. I played uh, the brass section. I was, um, I played concert band, jazz band, and marching band, um, for all my four years of high school, and played the trumpet, tuba, baritone, you name it. The only one I never got around to was the bones. So I'm. I was also really excited for this film going into it, just knowing that it was gonna it was gonna be a nostalgia trip for me. Yeah, it's dude. I I loved it. I remember 
watching it for the first time and I just you know I thought it was going to be a cool movie about a New York jazz drummer and then boy did it take a turn yeah right um but i'll read the um i'll read the short synopsis of it real quick and then we can get into uh some notes right all right so andrew neiman uh starred by miles teller is an ambitious young jazz drummer in pursuit of rising to the top of his elite music conservatory terrence fletcher starring uh or starred by jk simmons is an instructor known for his terrifying teaching methods he discovers Andrew and transfers the aspiring drummer into the top jazz ensemble, forever changing the young man's life. But Andrew's passion to achieve perfection quickly spirals into obsession as his ruthless teacher pushes him to the brink of his ability and his sanity. All right, so before we um, – before because I've – dude, I've got three and a half pages of notes front and back. Yeah, I've got three pages too. All right, so um, I'm just going to kind of – kind of read along and then if you've got something you know of topic then you know feel free to chime in mm-hmm. um but okay so first off the cinematography in this movie is beautiful like the camera work is pristine it, it's amazing like i'm going to school for that i want to eventually shoot movies on my own one day and it's like i it's one of the main things i like about movies is watching and like kind of learning mm-hmm. um but there's it the the movie opens up with this shot of um andrew neiman drumming and he's in this practice room and there's a long wide shot down the hallway and it's like a slow crawl like towards his drum set Mm. he's you know he's doing his thing he's practicing and then fletcher walks in it's like do you know who i or well he's andrew stops playing you know in all because he knows exactly who he is Mm mm-hmm Fletcher's, you know, do you know who I am? Yes, sir. Then why did you stop playing? And so, you know, he picks it back up. He's, you know, doing his solo. He's practicing, trying to impress the man. And then he's like, did I tell you to start? Yeah. I, I, I my first note is J.K. Simmons is on this man already. <laughs> like he's not given any quarter and just giving him shit off the off the bat. And I was just like, wow, okay, so we're getting started very quickly on yeah. <laughs> on this. So yeah. yeah. Um. So the dynamic of it is like you know Fletcher's a hard ass, mm. but you know Neiman's a pushover, and mm. he he's got one goal. And it's not to be great, but to be one of the greats. Mm-hmm. Um, I regret not writing any of these names down, but like I think uh, Buddy Rich, Charlie Parker, um, the making of Bird, you know, Birdman. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. sure you you listen to that in you know in music school or mu- yeah. music class. Sorry. Yeah, of course. Um, but side note, the orchestra like soundtrack for this movie is amazing. Yep. Um, I was, I've got the album on my Spotify. It, it's awesome. Yeah, I was especially, uh, especially happy to hear uh, Caravan because I'm pretty sure um, we did a version of Caravan back in high school and we played for a concert one year. Um, so I was really excited to hear that. Yeah. Um, so the movie progresses and uh, there. So Neiman's in like the only way I can really. Um, compare it to was like our our school had a concert band and then we had a symphonic band mm-hmm. and the concert band was you know people that played the instrument the mm-hmm. symphonic band was people that were good at playing the instrument mm. 
um, a lot more challenging music, a lot more, um, I guess, harder things to play. We practiced a lot more. Mm-hmm. So Neiman started out as a drummer in this like bottom tier band and they're practicing. The director is very chill, very cool. Um, and then his other drummer buddy, uh, what is it? O- O'Connelly, the redhead dude. Yes. O'Connell. Or no, it's just Connolly. It's just Connolly. Um, oh, Con- Connolly like bumps him and he's like, Hey, look. And you see like a bald man's silhouette, like listening into the door. Yeah. I got, I got a uh, J JK listening in. What? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the, the silhouette walks away and then Con- Connolly looks to him and he's like, not today. Oh, wait, man. We we skipped a whole like portion of the the movie that I had notes on. Okay. You remember uh, Andrew and his dad go to the movies where we kind of get like an idea of like how much of a pushover Neiman is as a whole where you know he goes to the concession stand and he he talks to the girl but he won't he won't make eye contact with her cuz he's nervous and shit and yeah. he gets a big bucket of popcorn and raisinets and i remember this specifically because he gets back in the theater and then he dumps the raisinets into the popcorn i have a note says mixes his candy and popcorn send him to jail disgusting yeah see i really i i mean i you know every part of this movie is important obviously but i just Mm. i don't know some things others to me i was also already running out of lines Um, yeah, but I mean, it was just kind of a means to show how much of a pushover he is because he dumps the he dumps the candy into the popcorn, but then he doesn't eat the candy. His dad's like, "Why aren't you eating the raisinets?" He's like, "I don't want the raisinets. I just wanted the popcorn." It's like, well, since why did you dump the fucking candy into yeah. the popcorn? Well, since we're uh, on the subject, I you know he gets it from his dad because mm-hmm. there's also a scene where they're sitting down and a guy like is walking behind them in the row. And he like bumps his dad's head with his popcorn bucket, and his dad turns around and says, "Hey, sorry." Yeah, no, nah, I mean it makes sense. Yeah, um, but get, getting I guess back up to where where I am. Sorry, I lost lost track. Here. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, I just wanted no, to, you're good. I wanted to point it out because I had to talk about how he mixed his candy and popcorn, bro. I couldn't stand <laughs> it. I couldn't stand it. I was like, that's disgusting. And then he didn't right. even eat the candy. He just, yeah, he just picked just around put it, it in there. Like, gross, man. Come on. Uh, late, later on, Neiman is wandering around the campus, and he finds Fletcher's like practice room uh, where he's practicing with his uh, what, the studio band, I think it was called. Mm, and he's yes, like, I think. yeah, he's looking around, and then you see Fletcher like turn back and look at the window from the inside, and then Andrew dips, bro. He's out of there. Um, and then so, yeah, okay. And then either later that day or the next day, I think it's later that day. He's back in the band room with the band he's comfortable with, and then they're about to get started, and Fletcher just busts in, and the whole room stops. Mm-hmm. And this guy just like he. You know, he wears all black. He's this like tall, I guess, kind of in shape, older, bald white man. And I mean, J.K. Simmons, dude, you know, that's the first, you know, other than J. Jonah Jameson, that's the first movie where I've seen him as like, damn, he could be a bad guy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he busts in, everyone stops, and then he just he just takes over and he's making everybody, you know, anxious and nervous. And then he's kind of like going like section by section, person by person, just trying to see what everybody's made of. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he gets to I remember he gets to this one girl who was first chair in the saxophones. And he's like, let's just he said, let's see if your first chair just because you're cute. And then she plays and he cuts her off after like two notes and says, yep, that's why. Yep. Yeah, I, I saw that, too. I wrote that down. I was like, good Lord, because I mean, he's I mean, he pegged her. He was just like, let's see if you're your first chair just because you're cute or not. Yep. And then she was off tempo. She her notes were completely like out of tune. So you couldn't tell if it was her nervously trying to play or if her clarinet was just completely out of tune. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, what was what was it that she was playing? Was it the clarinet? No, she was on, a, I believe she was tenor sax. Tenor sax. So, yeah, you couldn't tell if that was out of tune or she was. So it was a, it was a hot mess, and he was just like, yep, that's what I thought, and then he just continued on. Like, damn, yeah. all right. Tear it down, bro. You got it. So after he gets around, like, you know, going person to person and, like, pretty much berating them <laughs> as they're trying to, like, show, show them what they're made of, he gets to Andrew Neiman on the drum set, and... um. He, God, wait, was it? Cause did he play? And then he was like drums with me. Well, it was. Or so it was. Got, a, it was a different guy, right? Yeah, he got Connolly to play first. He got him to do the double time swing. Yeah. And apparently, he didn't do it right. I'm not a percussionist, so I couldn't tell if he did it right or not. Yeah, and then he was like, up. he was like, all right, Neiman, you're up. And then Neiman like does the double time swing like he asked, and he was like, all right, cool, you're with me. And he just walks out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah all right, I guess you can just steal percussionist now. That's fine. And then, um, so he gets, he follows Fletcher to the door and then Fletcher's like, be it my band room, 6 a.m. sharp. Don't be late. Yep. And then so Neiman sits back down smiling. He's way more confident. And then it cuts to him, uh, asking out the cashier in the theater. Yeah. It was super so, awkward, super yeah. Super awkward, but I mean, he he got through it because he got that little confidence boost from uh, yeah. my boy Simmons or Fletcher. This whatever. This entire movie. J.K. Simmons. This <laughs> entire movie is just people giving and then immediately ripping away confidence from Andrew. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost uh, it's almost a um, testament to like uh, sadistic like enjoyment and his flailing about trying to figure out if he's good enough or not. Yeah. Like they're just like, okay, you're first chair drummer now. Oh, never mind. You fucking suck. We're taking it back. Oh, you're going to be, you're going to be my guy in this concert. Oh, never mind. You fucking suck. Get out of here. Like, yeah. it's just, it's constantly that shit. You know, like this poor guy doesn't deserve it. He's a pushover, but he just doesn't, he doesn't deserve this much shit. You know? Yeah. So, uh, it cuts to Andrew, like waking up, uh, I, I don't think he was late, but he, he's booking it. Like he's getting up, he's like hauling ass to this band room mm -hmm. and he shows up and there's nobody there. Like Fletcher's yep. not even there. And so he waits in this you know room by himself, not practicing, not doing anything. He's just sitting on the drum kit, uh, until the 9am class. Mm -hmm. And then this douche nozzle Tanner comes in, you know, with everyone else um he's like are you the new drummer and he said yeah and then he was pretty much like all right uh set my set my kid to be flat and turn my pages yep like that's all he said to the man oh yeah that's all you and needed then, to say 
Yeah. And then this this next shot, you know, is it, it's very impressive. Um, it kind of sets the tone of like how Fletcher like truly is, because like nine o'clock on the dot, uh, the door opens, he walks in, everyone shuts up, stops tuning, stops playing, and the back line of trumpets all stand up at attention, mm-hmm. and they're just waiting, waiting for his next move. He introduces yeah. Neiman, and then pretty much just jumps right into it yep yeah i uh i have a note that just says everyone's scared of jk yeah because <laughs> i mean he's a very intimidating figure he's tall like you said he's tall he's pretty i mean he's muscular for an older guy and then he comes in the room and he just commands it and everyone's like well, yeah. shit you know that i noticed that like from the second he walked in the room everyone was at attention and like ready to start but yep. none of them would make eye contact Mm-hmm. Not not a single no, one. They were of them all looking down at their eyes. music or like looking at the floor. Mm-hmm. But then like so he he raises his hand and there's not even like a like all right this is what we're doing you know here's where we're starting he just he's like whiplash and then he like moves his hand he's like three four and then the band just picks up mm-hmm. and then uh he 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 cuts it off like mid song and then you can really see how he treats these people he looks at this uh trumpet player and he's like parker that is not your boyfriend's dick do not come early that's, and then and then the guy just eats it yeah like, that's, he just um, takes it that's the note i told you about this like when we weren't on the podcast i was like i have a random note in here that just says damn barker and i can't remember why i wrote <laughs> this and you were like, I don't know, man. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't remember any Barkers. And then, <laughs> apparently, you saw it more recently than I did. Um, because yeah, I remember that now. It's not your boyfriend's dick. Don't come early. <laughs> yeah, that was rough, dude. I was like, oh my god, Barkers, just dig a grave for the man. He just put him in yeah. it. Let him go. <laughs> but they they eventually they get they start back up, and then like not even thirty seconds later, he cuts again. And then he's like, he's calling out one of the players. He's like, one person in here is out of tune. Who wants to, uh, like, who wants to identify or, you know, something like that? He's like, who wants to admit it? Mm-hmm. And the entire room goes silent. And he's yep. like, whatever or whoever it is, this is your last chance. And there it went. <laughs> like, yep. gives them like 15 seconds to even think about it. And then oh, this man, is not when, even. yeah, <laughs> it's like, like, this is your last chance. And there it goes. And I was like, oh, shit, nobody even had time to consider, bro. You got to you got to take a beat. And then he he narrows it down to the trombone section mm-hmm. and he he like the camera pans to this like kind of heavy set white guy. And then he just like starts ripping into him. He's like, tell me it's not you, Elmer Fudd. <laughs> and then this guy is like shaking, staring at the ground, nervous, and he just starts popping off. He's like, there's no Mars bar down there. Look at me. Do yeah. you think you're out of tune? And then the guy just – yeah. <laughs> he very calmly and scared says yes, and then Fletcher just lights up. He's like, then why the fuck didn't you say so? Mm-hmm. The kid starts crying, and he's like, I've carried your fat ass for too long, Matt, so I'm not going to have you cost us a competition because your mind's on a fucking Happy Meal instead of on pitch. Get the fuck out! And yeah. then that guy wasn't even out of tune. Yeah, 
He said, he was like, just for the record, Erickson, you were, but he didn't know that, and that's bad enough. Yep. And it's just like, sheesh. This note says, Mets cut, not even out of tune, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh so, my god, man. Yeah. They they break for ten minutes, and then he says, Neiman, you're on the drums. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in the break, like, you, you see how really, like, just how twisted he can be on both sides of the spectrum because he meets with Neiman and just starts gaslighting him. And he's like, you just got to relax, be calm, have fun trying to be his friend. I mean, he's also gabbing with him. He's like, what's your mom do? Oh, okay. What's your dad do? Oh, all right. Nobody in music. Okay. Well, what brought you here? You know, he's like, he's getting to know the guy and he's like trying to get comfortable with him. And then he's like, Hey, just be calm. Be cool. Everything's fine, man. Just do you, do your best, and we won't have any problems. You're here for a reason. And then he was like, say it back. He was like, I'm here for a reason. He's like, say it louder. You're, I'm here for a reason. All right, well, let's do it. Yeah, it goes Neiman, in. Whew. Ne- yeah, Neiman's going to regret telling him that mommy walked out like <laughs> yeah. very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a note about that. It says, he walks back in confident, not knowing the impending doom to come. <laughs> not- the impending doom. <laughs> so it's a they, really good way. Yeah, it's <laughs> a really good way to look at that. Pretty much. They uh they they start whiplash, and then Fletcher cuts, looks at Neiman, and says, "Not quite my tempo." Mm-hmm. And then at that point, I was like, "God, here we go." <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Neiman's like playing. And he, he keeps Fletcher keeps cutting him off and, you know, he's rushing and then he's dragging and then he's rushing and then he's dragging. And then <laughs> he starts playing and then Fletcher's like nodding his head, like kind of to the beat. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm liking this. He finally got it right. Mm-hmm. And then he picks up a chair and sends it to his head <laughs> like like a Frisbee, like if. If Thor would turn around and throw his hammer at somebody, like he just had such force with yeah. this goddamn chair, dude. One handed, just grabs it up and yeah. slings that son of a bitch straight over to Neiman. I thought it would have like knocked him the fuck out. Somehow Neiman manages to like duck under that shit. I, don't, I still oh, yeah. don't know. My reflexes are not that quick, dude. That chair would have knocked me out. Yeah, because, like, the first thing you think when a chair is sailing at you isn't, oh, I should duck. The first thing you think is, what the fuck is that coming at me, really? And then you're already hit. (laughs) (laughs) You're already, it's already over. Like, you're trying to analyze the shit before it gets to you, and then at that point, it's already too late. So, Um, I I don't know how the hell he ducked under that. Yeah. But after the chair goes right over Neiman's head, Fletcher like storms up to the drum kit and starts yelling like, were you rushing or dragging? And Neiman doesn't have an answer. He's in shock. He's in awe. Yeah. And then so he tells – Fletcher tells Neiman to start counting, and then he gets to like four. He goes like one, two, beat. three, one, two, three. Start counting. Five, six, seven. In four, five. damn it. Look at me. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now, was I rushing or was I dragging? He was making a point by being slightly, I mean, like a tenth of a beat off from when he said four, he'd slap him. And he's like, is that rushing or is that dragging? And then he would like, he's all over the place because he's getting slapped around by a grown ass man. Yeah. 
Um, and then he he keeps saying like you know I don't know, and then Fletcher's like count again, and then they just go through it again, and Fletcher's <laughs> slapping him on the face like in front of everybody, just humiliating mm. the man. And then um, he's like he he finally says rushing, and then Fletcher's like so you do know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> And this, I, I wrote this quote down just because it was so bad. He was like, Jesus fucking Christ! I didn't know they allowed retards into Schaefer! Which, Schaefer's the, the school. I don't know if I, if him or I covered that earlier. We did not. It is the top music school in the whole country. Schaefer Academy. Um. So he, he answers Fletcher, and then Neiman starts to, like, tear up and cry. And then Fletcher just continues <laughs> to berate him, like borderline oh. hazing him. Oh, my and sweet God. Is that a single tear? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, bro. No, but you can't they, do that. Yeah. They go through like this whole dance about, you know, if if uh, Neiman is upset about him, you know, messing up and then. Um, like he he makes him say I'm upset louder and louder and louder for everyone to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was that was kind of the the end of that first practice scene because Neiman books it after practice. Oh yeah, no, he um, wanted he to get out of there as quickly. Ignores as his yeah, he ignores his dad's phone call. He goes straight home, and then um, it just cuts to him practicing harder, and he's getting sores and calluses on his hands. Um. Right. He, He's hurting himself. There's blood all over the drum set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I, I put it on here specifically, practicing harder. Um, and he's just like, he practices so hard. He rubs big fat like blisters into basically like, like the part of your hand between the thumb and the index finger and that little web part for whoever. I know Seven knows what I'm talking about. Anybody out there listening? It's like that little section right there where the where the stick like rests. And um, yeah, between I, the thumb and pointer. Yeah, and I think at some point he ended up having to get like a pitcher of water and ice and like dip his hands in, like yeah. his hand into it. And that was such a cool bit of cinematography where it's just a, the it's the pitcher, it's clear water, and he dips his hand in, and it just turns bloody because yeah. he practiced so hard. That was a good shot. That's I think that's the next time he rages mm, over the drum okay. set though. But, yeah. Um, and then, so like he's, he's hurting himself to become better. And then it just cuts to him, uh, eating pizza at dinner with Nicole. And Mm. I, I, I caught something pretty cool in this scene that I didn't notice until this last time. And maybe it's just cause I didn't know about like how certain camera angles and shots can like portray things. Mm -hmm. But when they're having like casual conversation is like the wide view you get to see, like the medium of, you know, their waist up at the table. Mm-hmm. And then they're kind of like having small talk. Um, and then when they start talking about like majors and then Neiman's like, you know, you, you don't have a major, but what do you want to study? And he's kind of getting like, uh, aggressive. Like, yeah. Like kind of aggressive being an asshole about it. Cause whenever he's asked that question, he's like, well, I'm going to the top music school, you know, in the, in the country. Mm-hmm. But Whenever it gets down to the nitty gritty, it starts. It goes from a medium shot of the two of them to close-ups of their face mm-hmm. to kind of like I guess emphasize or 
you know, make you a little more aware or uncomfortable about the, the situation. Right. Yeah, no, I, I noticed in, in that part that he was almost taking more of a Fletcher approach. Like he, he yeah. sounded like Fletcher when he was questioning her about like it sounded like when Fletcher was questioning Neiman about his family. Um, yeah. Like it's kind of the same vibe I was getting off of Neiman questioning. Um, uh, I can't remember the character. Nicole, I think. Uh, yeah, when that's he, Nicole. yeah, when he was questioning her about her college, I was like, okay, so I guess he's getting more confident, but he's also kind of coming across as an asshole. Well, everything works out because the, the shot goes back to the mediums and then they kind of start laughing at each other. And then there's a shot of them playing footsie under the table. Yep. I got that note it says foot touching. Yeah. <laughs> Super um, excited, man. So you, you cut to the upcoming jazz competition. And um, the players, the musicians, they're preparing and tuning. And there's this, I don't know how else to say it. There's like this vulnerability shot mm. where Neiman catches Fletcher talking to, I guess, an old associate or something. But mm. there's a child with him. And you can see him being this nice, you know, loving man to this little girl. And he's like, you know, have you, or have you started playing any instruments yet? Oh, you play piano? Do you want to come play piano for me when you grow up? And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And then he reaches down. He's like, give me give me five, baby. And he was like, all right, love you. See you after the show. Cheers. Mm-hmm. And then Neiman sees him walking back, and he just, you know, books it, gets away from the situation. And then Fletcher walks in with an immediate, listen up, cocksuckers. Yep. Just to reestablish that he's yeah. not soft. And if you thought he was soft, you're you're soft for thinking that. Yeah. And then I, <laughs> I love this next scene so much. It's so funny. So one of the, I guess, uh, like competition workers, uh, like a state hand comes in while he's threatening these people over losing the music folder. If I ever find one of these lying around again, I swear to fucking God, I will stop being so polite. Get the fuck out of my sight before I demolish you. <laughs> and then, oh, dude, I, I die at that every time. Yeah. No, I mean, he's, he's definitely uh, got a personality for sure. I wrote, still so angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's he, he tries to, which there's, there's a scene we'll cover later on where he like explains himself, but it's, you know, you don't know whether to believe him or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they, they go on stage uh, for the competition. They started to play. There's lots of cool shots of the musicians, the sheet music, like the, the instruments being played, it, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. They they do a good job. Um, and then they they cut to like a break. And Tanner and Neiman are in the hallway. Um, two two of the you know both are drummers. Um, Tanner's the core drummer. Neiman to the the uh, alternate. Right. And so Tanner gives his music folder to Neiman. And then hold on to this until the next set. Yeah, yeah. So Neiman walks away with it and he sets it down to like buy a soda from the vending machine. Mm. And he's not looking at it maybe 10 seconds. And he turns around, the folder is gone. Mm-hmm. And like it, it was never confirmed where it got off to. It was just, it just wasn't there. Yep. Um, so Tanner comes back asking for it. And he's like, it was right here. I, I set it down. And Tanner is losing his mind over this. Oh, yeah. And he's just like berating him. He's like, you're a dumb fuck. A dumb fuck. Find the folder. 
Yeah. I mean, he's he's going off because it's like it, he knows it's going to be his ass when Fletcher finds out. Yeah. So he's, I mean, and he's just like, I will absolutely demolish this kid if he just lost my music. And yeah. uh, I was I was literally like, this asshole lost the music, and he only turned around for like maybe a half a second to buy a soda. Yeah. Like somebody somebody had to have. Come come up behind him and just snatch that shit and go, this is like pulling a pin on a grenade. This will be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> just walked away. <laughs> I was like, God, man, this guy, this poor, this poor, poor kid just cannot catch a break. Cause he yeah. knows if Tanner's going to catch shit, then he's going to catch shit. Well, I mean, and then like clockwork Fletcher calls out for Tanner and then he, he has to explain that he gave Neiman the folder and Neiman lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Fletcher just completely turns it around on Tanner. He's like, it's your responsibility to watch the folder. If you can. And then this line got me. He says, if you give a retard a calculator, he'll try and turn on the TV with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why the hell did you give this idiot your music? It's your responsibility. And it's like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So so Tanner says that he can't go on stage without the folder because he doesn't know the charts by heart. And then so Neiman sees this golden opportunity, and he's like, I can. I know the part. And then Fletcher threatens him. He's like, you better, you better do a better fucking job than last time. And then they go on. Yep. I very specifically remember this moment because I was even concerned for Neiman at this point. I was like, there's no way. There's no way he knows Whiplash by heart. It's been like what a week, and yeah. he's not even he's not even the core drummer. So it's not like he plays it every single day in band practice. Like he has to do it on his own. There's no way. Yeah. But I mean, he he did. They won he, first place. Yeah. So I mean, hey, he, he had it for, handled. Good yeah. for Neiman. So after that, you you cut back to a practice room, and um. Like the the practice room where they, you know, it's not not like a solo practice room, but the one where Fletcher, you know, conducts his band. Mm-hmm. And then the first line of dialogue is this guy saying to Neiman, uh, like, better not touch my fucking folder. <laughs> yeah. And then Tanner comes in and says, or no, Tanner's already sitting down and he says, don't touch the drum kit. Yeah. And so, like, you know it's this moment where it's like, damn, Neiman, you did such a good job, but everyone still hates you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and so Fletcher, Fletcher arrives and he kicks Tanner off the drum set. Neiman is now the core. He's no longer the alternative. And he's got this huge grin across his face. Dude, that moment broke me. I like audibly was like, fuck yeah. Cause like Fletcher just comes in and he's like, Tanner, Get off the stool, man. I ain't got time for alternates today. I need my core. And everyone just goes quiet. And he's like, Tanner, get the shit out of your ears. Get out of the stool. Neiman, you're on. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, bro. Yes, Neiman. You got the recognition. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, that that was like a, you know, confidence boost for Neiman. That will very soon get taken away from him. Oh, my God. Um, so it, it cuts to. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying his head got probably twice or three times the size it was from that confidence boost. So, I mean, it was it was wild how like 
big of a like personality change he had after becoming the core. Yeah. So later, uh, Andrew meets up with his dad and they start catching up and they're talking over dinner. And then like all these other family and relatives start to arrive. Mm. And like, this is where things get, you know, tense again. Um, cause you know, they're asking him about his drumming and they're just, they're not taking it seriously. And then like his cousins or something, arrive and they're like one one's like real big and like model un and one's like a d3 football superstar yeah and um they're like kind of taking neiman's spotlight away from him and Mm -hmm. uh they're not really appreciating because i mean they don't know what all neiman's going through but they're like kind of discounting his his accomplishment yeah um and then there's this huge argument about success and like, you know, I'd rather be, you know, what was it like drunk and alcoholic at 30 and leave a legacy than, you know, sober and 90 and have no one remember me. Yep. And then um, him and his uh, cousin start arguing about like what's more impressive. And he was like, you think you're better than us? And then uh, Neiman was like, oh, you catch on quick. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's got this cocky fletcher type vibe to him for real yeah and uh the the football guys like uh how about you come play with us and then he immediately retorts and he's like that's four words you'll never hear from the nfl yep it's like damn (laughs) yeah no i was i was sitting there like yeah i mean everybody who played football in high school college whatever are so proud of themselves for like their athletic ability. But I know for a fact, if they ever sat down in a music, like in a band room, they would have no fucking idea. Yeah. Like none. It's, I get it. You know, being in it, being a football star is impressive. It, you, it takes a hell of a toll on your body. You catch a lot of concussions in your time. Like that is a physical toll in music. It is a mental and emotional toll on you. Every single time you go in the band room. Yeah. Cause because you fuck something up and the rest of the band suffers for it and you always feel like shit for being the guy that that is you know the instrument's out of tune or yep. you know you forgot to clear the pipe uh the spit pipe before you started playing your your trumpet or your trombone or whatever your brass um yep. so it sounds like garbage like it's it's I wouldn't I don't know if I would call it equal I would want to call it equally taxing in different ways but I'm sure that anybody sure. who used to play football would very quickly uh, want to fight me on that. <laughs> so, well, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, one's more on the physical side, one's more on like the mental side. Cause you got to have your brain like all in one place to, you know, music is hard. Music is hard like, as hell. Playing music is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but anyway, so it cuts back to Fletcher's practice room. And um, it's they're just wrapping up. Fletcher dismisses class, but tells Neiman to stick around. Mm-hmm. And then he introduces him to a new kid from Neiman's older class, Connolly, mm-hmm. the new drummer. And they're on their way out. They're supposed to grab uh, music charts for a caravan because they've mm-hmm. been practicing Whiplash. Right. And ne- Neiman's had this sheet music in his hand for all of like maybe five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he's introducing, you know, him to Connolly. He's like, y'all know each other, right? But he gave that music to Connolly earlier that morning and says that he wants both of them to play it like then and there. When Neiman, you know, hasn't had the chart 
and Conley has had all this extra practice time. So he's like doing this just to fuck with Neiman. Yeah, it's it's literally um, okay. You both are gonna play this right now, and whichever one of you is better is gonna be my new core drummer for for this piece. Yeah. And Neiman, of course, having just got the chart two seconds ago, um, plays okay. But I mean, he's no he's no professional at sight reading, so it's not like it was you know, instantaneous. And then Connolly, who got the sheet that morning had, had probably been practicing his ass off all day yeah. comes in and uh, I guess does better again. I'm not a percussionist, so I couldn't, I couldn't really tell you the difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, Connolly comes in and, and apparently does a lot better. I, I have three notes here. It says, Andrew is the core. Now Andrew rose to the dinner table. Andrew is no longer the core. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Just that quick. It's just that quick. Well, he tells, he tells Neiman to play it first and keep in mind, this is the tempo of this piece is double time swing, mm-hmm. which is what both of them have been practicing since, you know, the, the first, the first band they were in. Mm-hmm. And it's what and so, got Neiman in. Yeah. Yeah. So Neiman's practicing. Fletcher cuts him off, says not quite my tempo, your turn Connolly. And then Connolly gets on and just, you know, whether he was right or not, Fletcher praises him. Um, you know, just to piss off Neiman. Yep. And then uh, you kind of, you know, Neiman's trying to retort to him and talk back. And then um, Fletcher receives a phone call. And then pretty much, you know, walks in, you know, try to defend himself. And Fletcher's like, not the fucking time. You know, shit, shit went down. If you want the part, earn it. Earn it, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And then so Neiman is pissed. Neiman is distraught. Like, he just got to be the core drummer, and now he's not. And then so he's so focused on being the best drummer he can be that he completely, like, the next scene, it cuts to him at dinner with Nicole, and he's breaking it off, just like clean sweep. Just mm-hmm. to pursue drumming, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't write down all the dialogue, um, but the main thing I got was he saying, "I want to be great," and then she says, "And you're not that." He says, "I want to be one of the greats." She says, "And I would stop you from doing that," and he's just like, "Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah." I I was gonna say he makes a very he makes a series of choices here that I can't say I would necessarily make but then again i never wanted to be one of the greats so i don't know i i can't say i've been in those shoes but uh yeah i mean he breaks things off with his girlfriend and is just like listen here's how it's going to go down i'm going to practice i'm going to practice all the time i'm, I'm going to do nothing but play drums you're going to get mad at me for never wanting to spend time with you which is going to make me resent you yeah. for not letting me practice my drums um so and, and and he was just like, so we're just going to break things off now. It's a clean break. Um, so that way we never have to resent each other and we can still be cool. And obviously that didn't blow over well, because why on God's green earth would you ever think that would blow over well? Um, so, well, I mean, in in his defense, because I've, I've had to break up with a couple of women, that <laughs> was probably the most <laughs> impressive stone cold way to do it and i can do nothing but applaud the man <laughs> that yeah if anything it was stone cold and effective, effective well i mean there was there sure. was no no bs no um you know 
well, what's the word? No beating around the bush. He, no. He's right to it. He says, this is what I want to do. I'm worried that you're going to stand in my way. I'm worried that I'm going to do it anyway, and you'll hate me for it, and we'll end up hating each other anyway. So I might as well go ahead and do this now. Yep. And it's like, damn. Yeah. Like, sheesh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll I'll say it was effective, but I'll also say it was 100% cold. Um, so, I mean, she's probably going to – she'll remember that breakup for years to come. Not as like yeah. a bad breakup, but just one that – that was just like wow. unexpected <laughs> and like yeah just came out of absolutely nowhere i'm sure for her um so we we cut to andrew practicing and he's he's breaking down he punches a hole through one of his drums and he's he's raging out he's he's bloodied and then that's where you see the the scene that you were talking earlier where he puts his hand in the ice pitcher mm-hmm. and that was a that was a stellar shot yeah, like because uh, it's like sideways and the fist is going horizontal, like into this ice water, and then like the whole bucket just fills with red, like it's this really cool shot. Yeah, I think that's my favorite shot in this whole movie is the the shot of the blood filling the ice pitcher, just to try yeah. and like soothe the the busted up hands. Because at that yeah. point it wasn't it wasn't just the the spot in his like the side of his hand that he'd rubbed. It was now he punched a hole through his drum kits. So like I'm sure his knuckles are bloodied now too. Yeah. Um, but I mean it was it, it was pretty intense. So you you cut back to a uh, fan practice with Fletcher, and Fletcher walks in sad, somber, and he reveals. Th- his phone call conversation that he had earlier. Um, he puts in a jazz CD of one of his former students, uh, Sean Casey. He says that Sean's a kid that he found struggling with scales. And so he took him under his wing and, you know, made him this great musician. He went on mm-hmm. to be great. And um, Fletcher reveals that Sean died in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And then Fletcher kind of just like breaks down. Um, and then literally he, he cries for like not even a minute and he's like, all right, whiplash, let's go. Yep. Back to work. And then, so Connolly's on the drums, uh, Neiman's in the chair behind them as the alternate and, uh, Fletcher tells Connolly, you know, that's not quite right. Um, Neiman, you're now on the kit. Now there's actually three of them. Tanner's there too. He's still in the band as an alternate. So yeah, there's, yeah. it's. Tanner Connolly and Neiman all sitting around a drum kit. Well, like for the rest of the movie, I think Tanner doesn't do anything. I don't think. Other than this next scene, but yeah, no. Essentially, he's. he's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was getting to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. So they put Neiman on the kit. Um, Neiman gets that part wrong, and then he subs Tanner. And then once he realizes all three of the drummers are fucking it up, he. He just lashes out. He's like, motherfucker. And he starts rotating each drummer. And he says, um, we'll stay here until one of you. Um, I'm not going to say that word because nope. it's yeah, not going to say that word. Uh, nope. it's, it's a different F-bomb. Um, a- but he any, says, anybody out there that's actually going to watch this movie, please go ahead and know there's a lot of slurs involved that oh, a lot. Um, you're not going to. Gonna, it's gonna hurt you to hear a little bit, but like he's he's rough. He's he, I mean he's he's trying to get a point across that uh, 
they're all garbage and they should know it. So he's he's yeah. using some pretty rough slurs for sure. Um, so I'll, I'll sub it out. Um, he said he's rotating drummers until one of you gentlemen can play in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, he's screaming like, "Not my fucking tempo!" He's practicing with these drummers till almost midnight, and they're dude, they're drenched in sweat, like they're tired, they're sore. It's um, not just sweat; it's blood, man. The, all yeah. of their hands are bloody yeah, to shit. Blood all over the drumsticks. The kit too, I'm sure. Yeah, but uh, and, I um, mean, keep in mind, he's literally just doing this to his percussionist. He sent everybody else oh, yeah. out into the yeah. hall to just chill out in the hallway. He's like, "I'm sorry, everybody else. I'm really sorry that you have to suffer through this, um, but we're gonna sit here until one of these gentlemen uh, can play at my fucking tempo." And yeah. then. <laughs> Everybody just gets up and leaves, and you can almost like feel a slight relief from all the winds that are just like, oh, thank God it's not us. Yeah. Oh, my God. It could have been us. We could have been sitting here until our mouths were dry and our lips were blistered. But it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the percussionists. So they all go out, and they're sitting out there for hours waiting on these percussionists, at least one of them, to get the right tempo. Yeah. So, like, Fletcher's berating, degrading them for hours and then one last time neiman hops back on the kit and fletcher's like neiman are you finally going to be able to bring this home and then neiman starts just powering through and Mm -hmm. uh fletcher's you know telling him like faster faster and you know there's blood there's sweat and then fletcher's like kicking drums throwing chairs like he is trashing this room Mm -hmm. like while yelling at him and then uh, finally, he cuts him off after like, dude, like maybe a couple minutes of this scene. Mm-hmm. Just Miles Teller just beating his heart out on these drums. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> he says that he's like, Neiman, you earned the part. And then it flashes to the clock and it's 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And Fletcher's like, all right. He calls everyone in. He's like, all right, we can start now. Yep. And he's like, can one of you idiots, like, clean the blood off of my kit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he goes yeah. out and calls the rest of them in. I was like, oh, my God, man. No mercy. None. Oh, he told he told Tanner and Conley, too, because um, Neiman, Neiman's the core now. Again. Yeah. 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 Neiman earned the part, so you idiots are going to be the ones to uh, clean the blood off my kit. So practice ends, everyone leaves, and then it cuts to the next day where Neiman's um, on the bus where uh, he's, like, practicing and studying, and then the bus, like, kind of shakes, and it, it's got a flat tire. Mm-hmm. Um, so he hops on another bus, and it takes him to this stop where he runs to, a like, a rental car business. Um, he rents a car so he's not late, and then he forgets his drumsticks at the rental place. And he he books it to the auditorium where he's playing and then realizes that he forgot his sticks. And then Neiman and Fletcher are arguing. And then Fletcher takes the part from him. Mm-hmm. He's like, you lost the part. And then they start arguing. And then, um, you know, Fletcher threatens to cut him. Yep. He's and, like, Connolly, you got the part back. Neiman's like, bullshit, he does. Yeah. And so they're they're arguing, Whoa. and then like yeah, Neiman calls him out. He's like, "If you would have cut me, you would have done it already." Yeah. And then he's like, "Test me, you fucking weasel." Yeah. 
And so he like looks at the clock. He's like, you've got 11 minutes to get your sticks and be back or you're out. Mm-hmm. And then this is like, it, you know, it's already been dark. This is where it gets like, you know, you can really tell how obsessed Neiman is with getting this guy's approval. Yeah. And so he, he rushes back to the rental place, grabs his sticks, and then he's booking it back and he's speeding and he's on the phone with these people telling him, he's like, tell him I'm coming. Just, you know, tell him I'm fucking coming. Don't let Conley play my fucking part. And then he gets like sidewinded in traffic. The car flips over. He gets T-boned completely. Like, uh, yeah. what was it? Like a big truck smashes into the driver's side too. Like, yeah. I'm sure... Um, He's he might have broken one of his hands honestly in that crash because it flips oh, him sure. over. He wasn't he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, so he didn't get like ejected from the car. But he does like smack his head on the roof, and you know the car's sitting on its roof, so he's laying down yeah. in the broken glass and shit. And um, that shit, I thought that was the end of the movie. Honest to God, I thought the second <laughs> that truck hit and it went black for a second, I was like, movie over, done. It's a it's poetic ending because Fletcher has uh, basically uh, talked another one of his students in so into such a stressful situation that he gets in a car accident and dies. Like, that's yeah. how I thought the movie was going to end. But, but, dude, Neiman pulls himself out of this car, and he's bloodied and hurt, and I'm, I'm sure he's suffering from, like, a concussion or something, dude. But he's just like looking around. He reaches back into the car, grabs his sticks, and then takes off running like full sprint to get to this place to be back in time. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's obsessed. And he 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 finally arrives for warm up, and he's covered in blood, and he just sits down behind the drums like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, and 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 like I said, um, from the looks of him, he wasn't really moving that left arm. He wasn't trying to like lift it or anything when he was getting out. He was carrying his sticks in his right. I'm pretty sure. Um, and there was blood coming from that arm. I, I really yeah. think that he, he might have broken that hand in the crash trying to like brace himself. Well, that's um, you know when, even more when the power car flipped. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know why on God's green earth he's trying to like power his way to the auditorium to sit in a stool and not be able to play the drums because he's broken that hand yeah and so like one fletcher lets him play he he lets him get behind the drums and they start and you know for a minute neiman seems to be holding his own Mm -hmm. and then he he drops one of the drumsticks on the ground like mid-song yeah and then fletcher rushes up to him and he's like cursing at him he's like neiman what the fuck um neiman uh like kind of blurs out and stops playing and then fletcher stops the band slowly walks up to the drum set and says neiman you're done Mm -hmm. um fletcher turns to the crowd and tries to apologize and uh like kind of make an excuse for what's happened and then neiman like i just he's had enough He, he rages and then he kicks over the drum kit rushes fletcher and tackles him yeah. And, now, uh, I, I got to say, I was shocked at that. This, I mean, especially considering when you start the movie, he's a big pushover that won't eat the candy and the popcorn that he just dumped in because he doesn't <laughs> want it. And now he's bloodied himself to near. I, I, I think the reason I think he broke that hand is because that's the hand that he was holding that drumstick with when he dropped it. 
And I think he was just having a hard time gripping that stick because he had broken that hand. Um, yeah. But but going from like that pushover kid to the guy that's run himself ragged and bloody just to get cut and then tackle and I assume get at least one shot in on Simmons or, uh, or Fletcher before he gets dragged off the stage. I was like, well, this is a pretty uh pretty quick turnaround on this kid's character for sure. Yeah, I mean he he snapped, dude. I mean yeah. he went through he went through hell just to even get there and then you know he it's like every time he fucks up he's very adamant about writing that wrong and Mm -hmm. he he's speeding rushing back to get these sticks and then he gets into a car accident that could have killed him Mm -hmm. and the only thing on his mind is getting to that auditorium yep it's just like it's sad yeah no it's i would definitely sad is the word i would use um i would say it's a that's a classic obsessive um, personality as far as like trying to be one of the greats and pushing your body to its absolute limits uh, yeah. for the sake of that goal. Um, not always a bad thing, but in this case, when your when your health is deteriorated that much in like a car accident, yeah, you probably need to chill. <laughs> um, but so Neiman is removed from the stadium and on his way out, he's like cursing Fletcher, and there's this scene or not this scene, the shot of like him being removed kind of like with the camera behind the drum set. And then while he's being removed, it changes focus. Like instead of Neiman to the symbol, that's more in the foreground and the symbol is covered in blood. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it cuts into the summer. Right. And um, he, no, I think, he's meeting. I was going to say, I think at this point he's meeting oh, with the, wait, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, the yeah. lawyers. I, about, I jumped ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm, yeah, people are trying to build a case against Fletcher uh, for misconduct. Yeah, so he's he's meeting with the school and his father, and um, the school board lady reveals that Sean Casey, the kid that Fletcher you know, mentored that supposedly died in a car accident, um, actually hung himself. Because mm-hmm. of Fletcher. And so that's like a like first time I've seen the movie like five, six times, if I had to guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember first time watching I saw that. It's like everything just hit the brakes. Um and you know, it, it, it didn't really like hit home for me, but without getting too specific, I had a friend in high school, he graduated two years before me. He went to an unnamed college that I won't. Well, it is named. I won't name it because it's public. Yeah. Um, unnamed friend went to unnamed college, and the only thing I'll really say is that their music program is one of the biggest in the southeast. Right. And he had a friend that he was very close with that ended up killing himself over how rigorous and stressful. Um you know, their, their music program was. And I, I don't know what his deal or situation was. I don't know if he was striving to be one of the greats, but like this, this is real shit people. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that every situation goes to the extreme, like, you know, Fletcher does, but like, this is not super uncommon. No. And, and it's like I said at the beginning of this um, music, it doesn't take a physical toll on you, but it definitely takes a mental and emotional toll on you for sure. Um, because you think you're smart, you, you think you're a smart guy playing music, 
And then you start making mistakes and then you start making a lot of mistakes and then you start questioning yourself. Am I really as smart as I think I am or am I just lucky? Am I an idiot? You know, yeah. and it, you know, it starts to dig its way into your head that you're not as smart as you think you are. And it just it works its way in there. And it's 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 tough. Music is not an easy thing to get into. And um, it's it's certainly it's rewarding, but it, it's tough. Yeah. Um. So the school wants Neiman to for lack of better terms, rat on Fletcher. Yeah. Um, so he can't hurt another student. And like all throughout this conversation, there's like, uh, I wouldn't say flashbacks, but there's like little jumps to different scenes of Neiman, like packing up all of his drum stuff. Like he's right. done. Um, mm -hmm. There's him reading a letter from Schaefer that he's been expelled. Um, and the school tries to persuade Neiman to confess. And then he, he hesitates and he pretty much kind of caves and says, just tell me what to say. And then that's where we have the time jump to summer. Mm -hmm. um, Neiman is working as a barista and he's got a new apartment. Um, he's, you know, wandering around the city and then he finds uh, this like building with a whiteboard out front chalkboard. Um, it's a, it's a jazz club and they're featuring a special guest, Terrence Fletcher. Mm -hmm. And then so, you know, I I would walk in. I, I would definitely see what the guy that's made me hate my life is, you know, what he's doing now. Um, I, but he's, he's playing the piano for this jazz band now. I, I got to say, I would probably walk in for all of about two seconds just to see if Fletcher is like even a good enough musician to have been giving me that much shit. Cause you, up until now, nobody has ever seen Terrence Fletcher play an, an instrument of any kind. That's, that's a very solid point. Yeah. So that's very fair. I, I was just like, I wonder what, number one, I wonder what instrument he plays because that's my first question for anybody that has ever played music is what did you play? Um, especially since I have a lot of love in my heart for the brass section. Uh, anybody that's like, oh, woodwind, I'm like, hey, that's really cool. That's really cool. Good on you. But anybody that's like, oh, man, I played the trumpet, I'm like, you're my fucking guy, bro. So I would, number one, I wanted to see what he played. And number two, I wanted to see if he played worth a shit enough to uh, be worth uh, all the hassle he's given all these other people. Yeah. Yeah. So Neiman, Neiman walks in and he's like watching from the crowd. And then uh, Fletcher's like on this piano and he's, I mean, pretty good you know yeah. I, I don't play piano but he, he sounded great um yeah. and then he finishes and then they lock eyes mm -hmm. and it's like oh shit <laughs> dude um, andrew tries to dip so fast he tries to get out of there but i mean fletcher chases him down because yeah and he just and you, he just wants to talk not even a hostile thing yeah and it, it seems like there's a change of heart because he doesn't refer to him as neiman anymore it's it's hey andrew mm-hmm um, so they, they speak to another and then they, they start to catch up over a drink. And then that's when, uh, they kind of start catching up and he's like, so you probably heard I'm not a Schaefer. Mm -hmm. And then he, he makes this like joke about, he was like, I don't know what's gotten around other than, you know, how nice I am. And, you know, other than, you know, peaches and cream. Yeah. Can't and, imagine uh, what anybody would have to say other than peaches and cream. Yeah. Thought, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah that, that's, that's hilarious. But Schaefer goes on to say that um, he's thinking a kid from Sean Casey's class confessed. 
you mm-hmm. know, because the, the suicide was pretty recent at this point. Um, and then Fletcher starts to delve into his teaching methods and explains <clears throat> explains why he's doing all this. Mm-hmm. Um, he he says, I wasn't at Schaefer to conduct. Any fucking moron can wave his arms and keep people in tempo. I was there to push people beyond what's expected of them. Mm-hmm. And he, he believes that it's a necessity. It's his duty to create more great musicians. Yeah. Um, I remember he was talking about, he said it a couple of times throughout the movies that there was one musician. I can't remember the name of Charlie. I don't, Charlie I don't remember Park. the name. He dropped. Charlie Parker. Um, nobody knew who the hell Charlie Parker was until some guy. I can't remember Jonas something uh tossed a chair at him. or no through a symbol at him excuse it me. was a symbol yeah yeah it was a symbol i, I remember because he said nearly decapitated the guy because yeah. you know if he hadn't ducked he'd probably be dead um but he he's mentioned a few times that musicians are only as good as their like their music teachers are at pushing yeah so his whole whole ideology here that he's yeah, trying to explain was, is um, that if I push you hard enough, you'll be one of the greats. Yeah, he was. Um, so the whole, uh, I mean, because I mean, there's definitely symbolism and uh, imagery because um, Joe Jones was the guy. He was a drummer for uh, Count Count Basie's orchestra. Mm-hmm. Um, he took off a symbol and threw it at Charlie Charlie Parker's head. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, which I'm sure there's a lot more to it, but, you know, he, he says that, um, you know, that's what made him bird or Birdman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, Fletcher says, there are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job. Yeah. And I so, mean, uh, to an extent, he's not wrong when when people think that they're good enough and they're content with with their labors then they get sloppy they they become complacent they don't push themselves so sometimes it's better not to give that positive praise i mean yeah it's it's not super it's not a common thing like obviously always support like kids because they're learning and stuff but as like in this situation, yeah, no, good job can be kind of harmful to that because you can take somebody that's, I mean, really killing it and you tell them good job and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking killing it, man. I, yeah. You know, I ain't got to do all the extra practice. I don't have to do all this, that and everything else. It's like, well, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe push harder. Well, he, he relates it back to Joe Jones and uh, Charlie Parker. And he's like, if, you know, if Joe would have looked at Charlie and said, you know, you did a good job tonight. Then Charlie would have said, you know what? I did do a pretty damn good job. And then he never would have strived to be better. Yep. And, you know, thus, you know, Bird never being created. Yep. That's true. Um, so, yeah, Fletcher says that he never had a Charlie Parker. He never, he never had somebody he could mentor. And he won't apologize for how hard he tried to make people better. Right. Like no matter how unorthodox things can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so Fletcher then talks about a, an, an upcoming jazz festival and he offers to Neiman to come play in his group. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Specifically because they're playing um, caravan and whiplash again. The songs yeah. that he's already memorized and knows. 
Yeah. And Neiman's like, well, you know, don't you want to get Connolly or Tanner? And then he said that um, Connolly uh, was just incentive to get to Neiman. Mm-hmm. And that, um, what is it? Um, sorry, uh, Tanner switched to pre-med um, yep. because he was so discouraged. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, Neiman takes the weekend to think about it and, you know, consider the offer. And then he, he sets up his drum kit in his room. Yep. And he, he tries to call Nicole again to apologize and ask mm-hmm. her to the show. But then she's got a boyfriend now. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, my heart sank a little bit for the man because I was just like, she she said, I don't know if my if my boyfriend would want to do that or not, but I mean, I can ask him. And Nina yeah. just stops stops for a second. And is like, oh yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. You feel for the boy. I was like, you hate it. Oof, rough man. Yeah, rough. So but. fast forward, uh, it cuts to Andrew preparing for the jazz concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neiman sees his dad, you know, in the building of the jazz concert. You know, his dad came to see him. You know, see. You know, I guess his first big thing since the whole situation at Schaefer. Right. And this, you know, I've been saying this is where it gets good for the last hour and a half. But like this is where the movie <laughs> like this is climax. Like this is where the movie really starts to pick up. Right. Yeah. Um, so Fletcher addresses the band with this, you know, new, much more cool, calm attitude. I He's literally not, have it written. I was like, JK seems more chill, suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, there's no way he does a like a complete yeah, 360 on it. Or a 180, seeming, I guess. Yeah, it's seeming like he's he's turned a new leaf. Mm-hmm. And then um he takes the band on stage and uh you know there's lots of applause and then Neiman starts to prepare for whiplash. Mm-hmm. Um and you know he's he's nervous, you can see him kind of fidgeting, and then it, it it gets bad. Mm-hmm. Fletcher walks up to the drum kit <laughs> and uh, he, he says to Neiman, he's like, You think I'm fucking stupid? What? I know it was you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh no. It's so much worse than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. He's held this grudge. Like, all of this has been a setup to mm-hmm. just humiliate and get back at Neiman. Yeah. So... He he walks to the mic and addresses the crowd, and then the, the reveals he reveals that the band is not playing the Whiplash set at least yet, but they're playing a new tune called Upswinging, which Neiman has no knowledge of. He's completely blindsided by this. Yep. And then Fletcher turns back to Neiman and just has this shit-eating grin, and then the whole time just he's I I felt like um. Fletcher spent more time staring at Neiman than actually conducting because he just it seemed like he had completely locked eyes on Neiman to watch him flounder about and fail. yeah yeah um so he wait I lost my notes okay so Fletcher you know conducts the bland the, the band and they start playing and at this point Neiman is improvising oh yeah um, the musicians are looking at him funny the bassist turns to him. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like he's just... I mean, apparently he 
Fletcher just decided to blindside the entire band and <laughs> just not tell anybody that the drummer's not going to know what the hell he's doing. Don't worry about that. Just play your part. No, yeah, it was yeah. just like, yeah. <laughs> what is he doing? Nobody, nobody told well, this man what the music was. You, yeah. You, you have to also realize that Fletcher has nothing to lose. Oh, he, yeah. All he wanted to do was create somebody great at the best music university in the country. And mm-hmm. he lost that because of the kid that's on stage with him. Yep. He doesn't care about the like 15, 20 other people on stage. He he's outing everybody, ruining, you know, his own image in that mm-hmm. night because he's he's still got credibility. He's still Terrence Fletcher. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm assuming that because, I mean, I don't know how banned was for you in high school, but word travels so fast. Like, you know, any kind of gossip or like tea, any kind of dish, like it gets around fast. Yeah. So like people have probably heard, you know, Terrence Fletcher, you know, you know, ended up using his methods, causing this kid to kill himself. And it nearly happened again. Mm hmm. And so he's fired. He's got nothing to lose. Absolutely nothing. But my problem with it was that Andrew also quit. Or, well, he was expelled from Schaefer, but he quit playing the drums. So I'm like, what is Fletcher even getting out of this? Like, Andrew's already quit music. So it's not like he's ruining his music career. I don't know why he would just pull him on stage just to embarrass the piss out of him. But then I was like, yeah. I guess if you're that petty, you can just do that. See, my thought was that at the end of the movie, like at this part, um, it wasn't going to be that JK or that Fletcher threw him under the bus. It was going to be that, um, Neiman like starts thinking about all the stuff he went through and just like has a panic attack on stage or something. And like, isn't able to do the part. That's what I thought was going to happen, but nah, Fletcher's a petty son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Decided he's gonna embarrass the hell out of this 19-year-old kid on the yeah. drums. <laughs> well, Fletcher's eating this up, and then they end up making it through the song, and Fletcher cuts the band off. But then Neiman, you know, not knowing where to stop, he ends up playing past the mark, mm-hmm. and he's he's embarrassed. The crowd starts applauding anyway, and then Fletcher walks over to Neiman and says, "I guess maybe you don't have it." And then Neiman kind of looks around. He's contemplating like what just happened. He looks at the crowd and then he gets up and leaves. And his dad, you know, chases out the door after him. Um, You know, he meets with his dad. They hug Neiman. You know, he he feels defeated. And then his dad says, let's go home. And then Neiman's like, you know what? No, I'm going to stand up for myself. You know, he's, he's had enough. Mm -hmm. So he, he rushes back out to the drum kit picks up the sticks and sits down. Fletcher turns back to him from like still talking to the crowd, sees Neiman. And then he's like kind of looking confused and he keeps talking to the crowd. Neiman cuts him off by starting a drum solo. Mm -hmm. And then Fletcher turns around. He's angry. He's confused. Um, He's yelling at the other musicians. uh, Like, uh, hang on, what's this say? Yells... I mean, the yeah. the bass violinist or the the celloist looks at him and is like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'll cue you." Yeah, 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 yeah. Neiman well, turns to the bassist and he's like, "I'll cue you." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this then, was um, this was Caravan, wasn't it? That he started yes. up. Yes, this was Caravan. Um. So 
Neiman takes it upon himself to start this song. You know, if he's going to go out, he's going to go out with a bank. Hell so yeah. he's, he, he turns to the bassist. He says, I'll cue you in. And then he does. And then you hear the drums and the bass. And then after you hear the drums and the bass, you hear the drums, the bass and the piano come mm-hmm. in. Piano kicks then, in. Yeah. And then Fletcher has no clue, um, you know, what's, you know, what's, what's going on, but he, he just turns around. He, he doesn't want, you know, his plan was to tarnish Neiman's image, but then Neiman is tarnishing his. So mm-hmm. Fletcher turns around to conduct and then he's angrily shaking his head. He's pissed off. And then he cues the wind and the brass in. And at this point, Neiman is owning it on the drums. Mm-hmm. And the entire time, he has not broken eye contact with Fletcher. No. And then Fletcher, like, angrily kind of walks over to Neiman and he says, I'll gouge your motherfucking eyeballs. And then before he can finish that sentence, Neiman bangs on the cymbal. And, like, the other end of it comes up and it almost hits Fletcher in the face. Yeah. So he backs off. He, you know, he's angry. And then they kind of just keep trucking through the song. There's a really good trombone and drum solo. Um, a lot of like back and forth, uh, with Fletcher and the drums. And at this point, Fletcher's like, you know, he, he's kind of getting into it. Like yeah. he's, he's enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so hang on. And that, that's a really good shot that I just enjoy because the camera is like fast panning back to the drums, back to Fletcher, back to the drums, back to Fletcher. And ed- each time it hits Fletcher, he's got more of a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. And um, Neiman – well, okay, so it, there's a lot of close-ups of the musicians and the music and um, just the mu- musicians, the instruments, and the songs about the end. And then, you know, Fletcher cues up the, uh, I guess, the ending. And Neiman is still banging away on the drums. He's like improving a solo at the end mm-hmm. of Caravan. And he slows it. I mean, he goes for a while on that drum slow. And then he starts to like slow it down. He's doing like a trill. Yeah, he's yeah, slowing yeah, yeah. it down, slowing it down, slowing it down, slowing well, it down. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's in a minute. Because Fletcher runs over and he's like, Andrew, what are you doing, man? Like he's he's like... You know, he's really not sure what his goal is. And then the whole script flips and Neiman's like, I'll cue you. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So Neiman keeps on and uh, he's he's proud. You know, this solo, he's he's giving it his all. There's sweat all over the equipment. Um, There's a shot of his dad watching through the hallway outside the auditorium through the door. And he's just in awe. Mm hmm. And uh, the drum kit is shaking. And um, I thought this was a really cool part, like a turning point. Neiman crashes down on one of the cymbals uh, a little too hard, and it falls over. And maybe a second after it hits the ground, Fletcher is right there to pick it up for him. And he's nodding in approval. He's proud. Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of like coaching, directing Neiman. Um, and he, that's whenever he starts to do the decrescendo. That's and, true. Uh, where it's like slows down and it gets real quiet and then he like brings his hand down and then he kind of flips it and starts to slowly bring it back up and Neiman gets much faster, much louder. And, you know, Neiman's killing it and he's, you know, he's doing improv, but he's also following Fletcher's lead. Mm-hmm. And then this is, you know, the big, you know, big finale. 
Fletcher takes off his jacket and then he like nods to Neiman, gets the band ready and he raises his hand, cues up the brass and the winds and everyone else. And then you just hear like this, um, like suspenseful drum solo, uh, just back and forth. And there's close-ups of, uh, Neiman's face. Um, and you know, there's the drums taking a dramatic pause and it's real quiet and there's close-ups of Fletcher in Neiman and back to Fletcher. And then you can see Fletcher mouth something and you can kind of see his mouth, you know, his, his cheekbones kind of raise up. It looks like he smiles. Um, and then he nods. There's another close-up on Neiman and then Fletcher brings his hand crashing down and then the music just starts blaring. The drums are going nuts. The, you know, the band is going crazy. It just, it's, it sounds beautiful i'm not doing it justice by talking about it go no, watch absolutely it for yourself not. yeah no that that solo was amazing to watch that's that was the last note i took on it was hell of a drum solo because yeah. i mean the the decrescendo leading down to the like almost snail's pace and then just driving it right back up yeah um, was outrageous it was outstanding to watch and yeah um this whole like all of this was super super nostalgic for me um because i haven't i haven't played an instrument since high school so seeing all of this um has really it, it took me back but that drum solo was incredible yeah i mean the like i said the the horns are blaring the song's ending and then Neiman crashes down on the cymbals, and as soon as he does, the screen goes to black, and there's mm-hmm. credits. Yep. And it was just – it's a phenomenal movie. And mm-hmm. um, there's actually – because I, I think we discussed it the other day. You told me to save it for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, there at the end where you can see Fletcher's face. And you can kind of see him mouth something, and then he smiles, and then it cuts back to Neiman, and Neiman is grinning. It's it's a big kind of theory going around, at least about the movie, that he mouths the words "good job," which you know is like I, I don't know if they were settling for because I mean you can still hear "good job" and be one of the greats. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe there was a turning point for Fletcher, you know, seeing that, you know, like this kid will not quit. You know, he, you know, I, I've tried to break him down and break him down. And all he wants to do is show me that I'm wrong. Uh So maybe he deserves a good job. Right. I, um, I remember you told me that and I immediately thought, well, that's depressing because, not 20 minutes ago, Fletcher was talking about how there's no two words in the English language more hurtful to a person in their career than good job. And well, I was sure, like, but also Fletcher, you know, I wouldn't say Fletcher's teacher of the year. <laughs> no, God, no. But um, I was just like, well, I guess that's the last kind of fuck you to to Neiman. Because, I mean, after this performance, they both might as well have just committed career suicide in the music field because, like, Neiman now has the reputation of fucking up that first song, and Fletcher has the reputation of not, like, number one, getting one of his students killed, 
from working him too hard. And number two, um, this kid, Neiman, just completely botched the first song in this jazz festival concert. So I was just like, I guess it's like my interpretation of it was, I guess that's um, Fletcher's last little, you know, fuck you to Neiman for coming back and Uh. killing it. I mean, I, I don't know if it was a, like a like a fuck you. I think it was maybe like so. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head there because you know they both tarnished their reputation at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, earlier before the band even went on, he was saying that you know there are people in this audience with one phone call, you could be playing for the you know Lincoln Center band, or you could be finding a new career path. Right. And I think that instead of that moment being like a like a fuck you were getting, you know, back at each other. That was like kind of redemption, you know, because the people in the audience saw that we saw that we saw what happened, you know, as viewers and said, Oh damn, Neiman fucked that up, but it's also Fletcher's fault. But then he right. came back and then just kind of put everybody in the hall, right. you know, with, with that ending, you know, I mean, I, I pray to God, there's no whiplash two or any kind of sequel that develops on this because I think that's a perfect ending for a mm-hmm. damn near perfect movie. But you know, if there, if there was, you know, in, in continuity, I guess I, I like to think that maybe, you know, Fletcher has had a change of heart, change of ways and that they are both killing it in the music industry. It's like a duo. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's nice to think about it that way. I just don't know. I, uh, I think, it was like you said, an excellent movie. Um, I actually, at the top of Whiplash, I gave it a nine out of ten rating. I said it's no Batman, but it's pr- still a pretty good movie. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I got I got really into it for sure. Um, I highly, highly recommend this movie to anybody that's ever like had anything to do with the music world whatsoever. For sure, especially if you had anything to do with jazz. Um, definitely check this out. Now, was this the first time you've seen this movie? Yeah. It's oh, the first time I'd ever awesome. seen this movie, yeah. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it. Yeah, because, I mean, like I've said a couple of times now, I'm not a moviegoer. I just don't care anything about movies. Um, I, I think I've said this a dozen times now. I think I'll say it a dozen more. I think that Hollywood gets so invested in the tropes that they do for their genres that their movies become incredibly predictable. And it doesn't make it enjoyable for me, but I've, I don't, I've never seen a, a movie about like musicians and that struggle. So it was a little different for this one, but um, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad. Uh, do you have any closing remarks or comments? Cause um, we're pushing almost two hours. <laughs> oh my God. Um, no, I mean, like I said, I think I've said everything I need to. It's it's an excellent movie. Anyone who has had anything to do whatsoever with music or jazz in in particular should definitely check this movie out. Um, it will it will 100% give you some anxiety, but the the music and it's worth it. Yeah, like a- anything you've heard over the last episode, we we are not doing it justice. Whether we spoil the entire movie and you want to go back and watch it, or if you've you know, seen it before and just, you know, want to reappreciate it. Like, please, please go watch this movie. See, and now that we're at the end of the episode, the the joke I made at the start about Terrence Fletcher killing me is uh, 
is oh it's a little funny a little jab at the rib oh it's a good one yeah i'm gonna throw a little disclaimer in at the end <laughs> um you know of course you know two for two on cleaning up your mistakes but. oh my god here we go <laughs> i'm joking well you ready to wrap this up yeah we can wrap it up all right cool well um thanks for listening both of you um we do appreciate it if you've made it this far um feel free to share us you know to anybody that you want um and follow tune in next us week on spotify yeah follow us on spotify do we have any social media yet yeah we're not yet but we are working on it if you um if you follow us on spotify you'll hear about it at some point because obviously we'll bring it to your attention when it's done but we're working on getting all of our social media platforms up and running we're working on a patreon page which my seven you had talked about this at the start of the episode um we're working on a website uh we i mean we're we're starting from the ground up so it's gonna take it's gonna take some time but uh bear with us if you like the show um when if we've happened to find our patreon please let us know how much you like the show by leaving a donation uh, so we can afford to go see Black Widow this Friday. So. I'm going anyway. But <laughs> if anyone has ever told you money can't buy happiness, uh, they've lied to your face. They're so, damn lying. Uh, yeah. If you're feeling generous and you like us that much, we'll we'll have something set up soon. Yep. And uh, but, um, uh, next week we are going. It's my turn to pick again, and um, I am kind of sticking with the movie trend right now just because I don't want to jump into comic books too quickly. Uh, so we're going to be going for my favorite movie. Uh, I'm a big horror buff, the which is ironic because uh, you talk about movies with tropes and horrors right up there with The Last Girl and you know um, the stereotyped teens and stuff like that. But I, I, I enjoy a good horror movie because you know even if um, the plot is pretty um standard pretty generic uh you still get some decent graphics kills um gore you know stuff like that the stuff that goes into the production but uh uh since i'm a big horror buff um the first movie that i'm going to choose on the channel will be evil dead the original sam raimi uh bruce campbell evil dead from i forgot what year uh forever ago it is a very old movie You'll if you ever if you've ever seen it, you know, it's old just from watching it. Um, so it's it's a little bit slow, um, but it's it's a good film. And it's kind of a prime example of how the horror movies back in the day kind of went on this downward slope into campiness, like where it starts out as a, a actually genuine scary movie with thrills and chills to a rompy campy like funny gory film that you just you didn't sign up for but it's what you got um because you know you, you start with evil dead and you get evil dead 2 which gets a little funnier and then evil dead 3 which is just called army of darkness is um i wouldn't call hysterical but i think had some pretty pretty funny slapstick humor in it so we're going to we're going to watch the first evil dead next well, I say next week. I don't know. Whenever we put it up. We're putting up a lot of episodes kind of back to back. So we'll see. We are going to have a schedule sooner or later. Just not now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So. All right. Well, that's, uh, I think that's pretty much it.
All right. Well, uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. Uh, tune in next time. We'll see y'all later. Bye. Wait. Podcast. Oh. There we go. Is that going to be every episode? No, it really doesn't need to be because I stole that from a different podcast that I'm not going to name. Oh, heard. If you or someone you love are suffering from depression or suicidal thoughts or if things just get really stressful at times and you don't know who to turn to, uh, we feel that this is a necessary shout out. Please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 24 hours. The number is 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. Please never just stew in the dark. Um, anybody that is in the, the situation now or has ever felt like that knows that it can be all consuming and it will devour you. But please know there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. Please call the hotline and don't suffer anymore. Stay safe out there, y'all. We'll see you soon.